Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Rosh Trevina Project. Today's guest is a very talented singer-songwriter whose music will haunt your soul with beauty and sadness. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Kayla Murphy. Okay, uh, so we've got Kayla Murphy here, who's a great musician. Where did your musical journey start? Oh my, um, well, I suppose I kind of started uh, performing piano when I was about six years old. I didn't have lessons or anything till I was about 10, but I was writing songs on the piano from about age six. And then um, I always wanted a, a guitar. So for my uh, 15th, for the 15th Christmas when I, when I was 15, uh, my dad got me a black electric guitar and my mother turned to me and she said, you're not going to play that. And I told her, you know, watch me. <laughs> and uh, with that, I ended up teaching myself because I had musical experience with piano for all those years. I It was very easy. I kind of I, I had an ear for music. So I was able to kind of write these amazing songs on guitar and stuff. And I was performing them in like these kind of youth uh, music centers. And there's one in Tremore called Club Music. And that's kind of where I started. And then I progressed into like places in Waterford City. And it just kind of got bigger and bigger really from there. Oh, excellent. What what made you decide to start the piano? Or was that a parental uh, um, influence? I, I suppose with my parents, they kind of just got a keyboard one day for, for my uh, sixth birthday. And um, I would just kind of mess around on it outside and then when my uh, grandmother passed away, she had a very, very old piano and uh, it was passed down to me when I was about nine or ten. That's really cool. Um, so what was the records that shaped your childhood? Oh, wow. Um, I'd really have to say Linkin Park because um, th- there's a few. They would be like Sigur Rós. Uh, it's an Icelandic band. I they're, they're, Like... They're such a beautiful instrumental, and that would I would say that that would definitely influence a lot of my more classical, uh, contemporary work. Along with Ludovico Iannelli, he is another uh, composer that I really do look up to. Um, Jeff Buckley, uh, Roy Orbison, um, geez, even a little bit of Adele. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but between Lincoln Park and uh, Sigur Rós, Ludovico, and uh, Jeff Buckley. There's, I've kind of gotten inspiration from each kind of genre around because my father, he would, uh, you know, I'd have a little MP3 when I was a kid, and uh, my dad would just put on these songs that he had on, I had on his laptop, random songs, and I'd be listening to musicians that you know an eight-year-old shouldn't be listening to, but um, I was heavily influenced by them, you know. Uh, that's really interesting. That uh, now you mentioned Lincoln, uh, not Lincoln Park, sorry, uh, Jeff Berkeley. I do hear it actually in your music. Yeah, a big fan of his. I noticed you have a certain propensity towards storytelling in your songs. Any idea where that comes from? Storytelling. Um, I suppose it's because I believe that music is emotions, it's feelings, it's movement, and. Yes, I, 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 I think honestly music should be told as a story, whether it is through instrumental that you are trying to explain um, a story with the emotional feeling of, of a song or if it is lyrically, because I, I like to put messages through my music. Yes, I, I'm OK with just making a song that people can just dance to or sing along to with no real meaning uh, that that's fine and i do enjoy doing that but i much prefer to tell a story because to me music is the one way that people can listen to my voice you know it's very hard nowadays to actually get your voice out there and heard with all these opinions being shouted left right and center like music is just that that universal language and it kind of gives me a way that i can stick out my opinions and the stories i need to say and give people a different perspective on things without them realizing that that's actually my opinion or you know but some way that people can listen to me better than just having to you know 
forced through all this social media with statuses and things, tr trying to make a difference that really is very hard to make when you're approaching it in that way. Where I find with music, music is such like every everyone loves music. You know, everyone has some sort of connection to music and. That's why I think storytelling through that, whatever it may be, is a perfect way to kind of change people's opinions or views, you know? That's a really good point. Um, so uh, how old are you now? Uh, I've just turned 21. Oh, okay. So you're a bit younger than me. I'm uh, 32. Uh, so, I was, uh, so you actually grew up around social media. It was introduced a lot younger in your age group i guess that'd be the <laughs> what um i didn't even know where i'm going with that question <laughs> <laughs> um what's it like going to school with social media being a thing i guess that's a good question um what's it like going to school with social media being a thing mm. it's bloody terrible it's 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 terrible because it's kind of like there's so much competition nowadays uh, as as a musician in general and I study music in college and um, I suppose it's just, you know, it's at that stage that if a musician was to post a video of them playing their instrument, it's just at the point where it's like overlooked because it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you got a guitar. Ah, oh, yeah, you got a piano. Oh, yeah, just give it a like there, pass on. Like the platform would be brilliant for musicians if it like, if we attracted the right audiences, but Sadly, I don't think that's, it's very, very hard to do that. You know, people are so busy in their day-to-day -day lives, uh, running to school or work or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing that people don't have time to kind of be looking at your videos or whatever. And it just, there's so much competition from all that because the world is so busy, even social media is busy and it's just gets in on your head and then you're seeing other musicians doing it. And, you know, this musician's doing better than you and you don't know why. And it's just... You know, it's just this constant competition. And it's, I think it's pulling yourself away from that, that kind of toxic environment, because it, the, the more you get roped into that, I find the less confident you become in your music. And that's probably the worst thing to happen to a musician. So social media is great. It's great. But you really do have to step back from it. Yeah, it's definitely good and bad, isn't it? Uh, I guess the advantage to the technology now is definitely that you're able to publish your music yourself like you can make a video and put it on youtube but then i guess it may be having an effect on young people as well uh, especially the instagram i think um what uh mm. do you find it hard to not get distracted as well if it's so i always go on instagram to like try and post something to promote the podcast or whatever and then I end up like going on it not doing the thing and I'm scrolling through pictures mm -hmm. 10 minutes later and I'm like shit yeah. uh, <laughs> how do you uh cope with the distraction oh, gosh uh yeah no I, I do the exact same thing you're on for some <laughs> different reason and next thing you're getting dis distracted by some picture or some video or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing how do I cope with that I have no bloody idea I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you I I, I have no idea I think but I think that's kind of what they want you to do. You know, that's the whole purpose of this media is that that's what it does. It ropes you in. It distracts you on purpose. Like, you know, it's kind of like a bit of a toy kitchen, isn't it? Well, oh, there, are, there are other bigger problems in this world to be facing and to be talking about and to be doing and, you know, being active about Um they kind of give us a toy kitchen. It's like, you know, when you give a child a toy kitchen, you're like, yeah, go play with that. That's what social media is in my head you know so w when we make up these little fake little dishes and we think we're so special with these hashtags and and statuses and photos and whatever and we're like hey look here's my fake cup of tea and then the big people are just like oh yeah well done amazing pat on the head that's what social media just seems like to me and that's kind of what the distraction does it kind of stops you from getting to the best place in your life that you can be because you just you find yourself sitting on your phone for hours you know and you're like geez what have I done today I like the time has just passed by and I think that is you know terribly dangerous for people that really want to be successful and have a big dream because the more time that you waste is less time that you have to work towards that 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know how the fuck to get out of that distraction, but, um, I think it's just kind of always remembering that that's what they want to happen. So you just have to pull yourself away as best you can. Yeah, I've heard a saying that something like uh, the best minds of today are trying to get you to click on ads. And I feel like that's very, that's why it's so, I don't even want to say addictive, but you just get sucked in without Mm. realizing. Um, How do you, do you set yourself certain times in the day that you're going to write music or does it come to you when it comes what's your songwriting process um sometimes i i say most of the time it's just because i'm feeling an emotion towards um you know for writing a song something may have happened in my life or i'm feeling something or experienced something and uh then i can decide hey i want to write a song about this it could be as a response to whatever happened um but usually that's what will happen but it's quite terrible when you have like a a dry patch because if nothing happens or you're not really feeling much or not really out there especially with covid it had been quite difficult you know there hasn't been much to do so writing songs has has either been very 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 easy lately or it's been so difficult that i can't even you know write a single melody um but yeah mainly i kind of approach it by how I'm feeling and I kind of go from there ah that's interesting um so yeah the the lockdown obviously is uh I feel like it's flattened my emotions real bad so I I don't feel as happy as I used to and I'm not sure if I feel as sad as I usually do as well it's just a sort of Mm. a block and I found that even with talking to relatives because we were doing like a weekly thing on like uh whatsapp where we would have like game nights with the family but over over the internet and it was normal at first but then i noticed after a while that everyone's emotions were like deadened and everyone just looked a bit zombified only slightly Mm -hmm. though maybe you wouldn't notice it if you didn't know the people involved but yeah i thought it was really weird i noticed your music is very melancholy and it's really i've (laughs) i've written down as a note (laughs) melancholy power ballads (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they're really powerful some of the uh which wasn't was it i was thinking of maybe heaven's broken eyes is that what it's called yeah is it just you on a piano but the, the sound is absolutely massive it sounds like it was recorded <laughs> in a church or something um uh thank you maybe go into what what the story behind that is right so that song i wrote because i'm asking you know people that I suppose sin from pain. Um, are are they are they are they worth um, any less love because of that? So I bring up at the start. I'm kind of mentioning, uh, I suppose people taking drugs, and they're taking drugs because they're in a bad place. Something's happening. You know, they're losing control of their life, or something is going on. They're depressed, and they're taking drugs to feel okay. And does that make them any less? you know, worth of God's love if they're sinning from this pain, you know, and like, no, I'm not, I'm not a massive actually religious person, believe that or not. I'm not actually, it's just, it was kind of a topic that I just kind of brought up. And then in, in the song as well, I mentioned about a boy that's, that's a thief because he starves himself to sleep, you know, he starves and cries and that, that's the same thing. So in, in everyone else's eyes, he's a thief. In God's eyes, is he still seen as a thief, but he is stealing and sinning because he's hungry. You know, he's trying to survive. And um, that's kind of the questions that I'm asking throughout the song. Like, you know, heaven's broken eyes. It's like, are the eyes of heaven actually wrong? Are they broken in this? Because this just does not seem humane or right in any sense of the word, you know? Like, what is a sin if the sin is being done for survival or you know, out of pain, you know, is is there any compromise or any other way about this than, than being so harsh, you know? Um, so that's really what the song is about. And, you know, I, 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 th- I think it's one of my favorite songs that I've written. Uh, I kind of have it recorded with guitar and uh, lots of reverb. I recorded it up in my attic and, um, it's probably one of my favorites just because of how kind of raw it is in every sense of the way a word, you know, it like between the vocals and um, 
you know, the, the instrumental and the lyrics themselves. It's probably one of my favorite works. Uh, it is very good. That's a that's kind of a good metaphor for like ideological purity. So uh, and because maybe an interpretation of God, whether it's true or mm. not, comes from man. Maybe it's hard to know what he would <laughs> if what they're saying about him is true. Whether he wouldn't let a child into heaven who stole a a burger because he was hungry. Uh, <laughs> it sounds a bit harsh to me, but I don't know God. <laughs> is it, um. <laughs> what place does religious stories have in your worldview or creative process religious stories um honestly uh i don't really you know hold on to a lot of religious stories um i just kind of uh you know like that i kind of watch the political and kind of all that side of things you know as in you have someone that perhaps believes in God so much and they, they preach God and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then next thing they're treating someone so horribly. And then they're saying, oh, well, I love God. And I'm like, don't say that. You're like, you know, you're, you've just outright purposely harmed another person on purpose for no good reason. And now you're saying that you love God. You know, it's kind of, I just kind of look at these little faults in, in between society and I get hurt by them because I don't mind anyone having religion. I love people having something, you know, to to have hope for or to to love. But it's just those little kind of hypocritical things that I see in society that I'm like, I, I need to write a song about this because this this is insane. You know, same thing like you're or people sinning from pain like why is this person worth less than you you know yeah that's really interesting um so i get the feeling that is do you think the music you write is a defense mechanism against pain like you're putting the pain on the paper so it kind of relieves itself inside you a bit like there's certain cases where comedians end up committing suicide um and the humor in their case would be a defense mechanism uh, do you mm. see that at all inside you? Well, obviously not. I'm not going straight to suicide, but do, do you feel relief after you've written a song? Oh yeah, mm. definitely. Um, I'd say about uh, actually last night I I wrote a song. Um, in and and it's in aid of a suicide prevention day. Oh. Um, now my my sister was telling me not to really release this song because it's probably one of the more upsetting songs that I've written. But I said to her, no, like these things, they have to be put out there. You know, like it's it's a song. The songs, music is meant to do this. It's not just meant to talk about, you know, happy days or a little breakup or a party. You know, there's there's, diff- there's deeper things to talk about in music than that. And I want to talk about that because when I wrote that song, I, I was in a bad place myself last night and when I was finished writing the song, I felt such relief and, you know, I kind of felt proud of myself, you know, um, because I wrote it all in the same day and I recorded it last night and I'm hoping to release it maybe today I might. Um, but yeah, there, there, honestly, it is a coping mechanism for me hugely. And I don't know what I do if, if I couldn't play music ever again, I just, I don't know what else to do. You know, music is a part of me at this stage. It's who I am. Yeah, you definitely, it's, I'm sure it doesn't come naturally to you because you put the, the work in and you've had years of experience, but you do seem to be wiser beyond your years in, in the topics you you tackle. Um, uh, you. you said Heaven's Broken Eyes was one of your favourites. So what, which other ones would you put at the top of your favourites and then contrast that with which ones other people prefer that they've told you? Hmm. Okay. You know, I, I love heaven, Heaven's Broken Eyes. And uh, what would be another one? Uh, I love um, The Last Time. It's one of my piano compositions, contemporary pieces. Um, that, that actually was a song that, um, you know, I, I wrote as in to be the last time. Um, it, there, there was kind of things going on in life at, at that at that moment in time and that to me was going to be one of my last songs 
And that's why I'm kind of so amazed that that song did very well with people. Um, like it, it was mentioned in the Mon- Monster Express and people always, you know, text me about it or bring it up. And I'm very happy about that. I'm glad that a song that I put so much emotion into got such a, a, an amazing feedback um, in, in return. But another song I say would be The Phone Call um, because it's quite an artistic song. Now, there's a lot of other songs that I say, you know, are my other favorites because but I haven't actually released them because I just didn't really have the confidence to. Um, but with the phone call, it's a, kind of a song based around um, mental health. Um, and it's kind of in, in from the point of view of someone that is struggling with their mental health and they're calling a person that doesn't, that, that, that is there for them, but doesn't really understand. Um, because I like that kind of meaning in a song. I, li- I like when there's all these little diverse things that kind of paint a picture, not just singing la, 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 this is a great melody, Lis- listen to me. I like actually really telling stories through my music. But um, I say a song that people preferred is it's Tin Man. Tin Man flew off the roof. People <laughs> bloody adore that song. And uh, I will record it and I will take a video for it because... People have been requesting it for a while now, but um, yeah, no, that did amazing with no promotion or anything. It's people's favorite song. Uh, that's interesting. So when you you have reservations in regards to releasing a song, is it because you feel like it would be too hard to get any kind of negative criticism because it's such a personal song to you? Or do you feel there's something that you don't want to quite show about yourself that you've put in the song? I think there's a bit of both. There's definitely a bit of both because, um, yes, it, it would be because, you know, it is personal to me and um, I tend to get some people like, obviously, you're going to get people that will criticize you. No, I'm fine with that. But I say like there's certain people that I wouldn't really ask for their opinion, you know, or I wouldn't really ask for their advice or anything on that. But they would just text me. And they'd be like, yeah, uh, not really too sure about that new song. And I'm just like, did I fucking ask you, mate? <laughs> you know, did, I, did, I, did I bloody ask you? <laughs> so, you know, you get, you get a lot of that. So I'm like, it's it's not just a case of me being like, it's a personal song. I want to go ask people, do they like it or see the reactions? It's just bloody people popping up and telling me things that I'm not asking them to hear, you know? So... And then in the other case, what was the other one that you said? Um, oh, I can't remember, but yeah, I know it's uh, it's a bit of both anyway. Um, I will be a bit defensive on that. Um, but yeah, so maybe I'll get over that in, in due time, but I highly doubt anytime soon until I kind of get rid of uh, the rubbish bin of all these people that kind of pop up and tell me things I don't need to know. <laughs> I just blocked their number, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if you could have like a, sort of like a 24 hour block where you like anyone who's criticized your music i'd love it you you just put a little block on their numbers for like 24 hours but then after that if they need to get you for saying important then it's it won't block it oh ross (laughs) you know it'd be great if you just could block automatically block all the assholes in the world just (laughs) automatically just there's no such thing as an asshole in in, in your life they're just all gone that'd be amazing (laughs) I mean, there's a Black Mirror episode like that. Have you seen it where where people get blocked in real life <laughs> and someone's going through a divorce or something and he's trying to get hold of his ex? I would love that. I would love that. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're from Ireland, right? Where Whereabouts uh, did you grow up slash where do you live now? I, I basically grew up uh, in Waterford City. So it's in the south. I was born in Dublin, but I was raised here in Waterford most of my life. Are you still there now? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, What's the music scene like around where you live? Actually, it's very good for, for like, um, for Ireland. It's very good. Like, it's not like any of these places in London or whatever else, but it has great support in Waterford. Like, they're always kind of a progressing in the arts in general you know there's plenty of like youth centers for people and 
they'll throw on gigs you know that's that's kind of what started me as a musician was these kind of youth centers or youth music places because they're they're throwing on these great gigs for young musicians where it's comfortable there's a good little crowd that you get used to and you progress from there and you meet other musicians and you actually grow with the musicians from that age onwards and then you're kind of playing with you know bigger people and there's older bands going around and you're kind of you know being a part of those bands or you're meeting these new people or they're always looking for musicians for gigs and everyone supports each other there's always buskers out and about like it is a great place for music it's not as good as perhaps places like dublin or whatever or london but it is it is a great place to get kind of comfortable with your music and especially if you're a solo artist because you can just be left alone to do your own thing but people will always come back to you and be like hey do you want a gig hey i like your new song and they'll share your stuff they'll support each other it's a very artistic place down in waterford for sure oh that's good what what genres of music are popular new way live um, I'd say a lot of alternative music, honestly. Um, people, people down here, uh, they, 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 they tend to love kind of like, uh, anything unique. Indie, yeah, indie's fine. It, it, I think it did a lot better uh, a couple of years ago. I was kind of doing a bit of indie acoustic guitar when I was a, a little bit younger. Um, and it, it did well, it does good. And I, I still do a little bit of it, but I find people love a bit more, kind of spark to their music nowadays so it could go from like a heavy heavy kind of punk band down here to um kind of piano they love they love um contemporary uh music there's because there's so many artistic you know people that actually do arts and all that and they kind of love the classical side of things or it's all the way to kind of like trap beats and you know there's a huge diversity down here whatever you do will be accepted which is a great thing. Ah, that's interesting. I've got a friend from university called Carl Finley, and he was really into reggae, and he, he made an album called Follow the Moon a few years ago. Is there much of a reggae scene down where you live? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, there's... um. No, uh, there, there's a... Well, I'm not really sure about reggae, to be honest, but there is like a funk band you know um backwards smokers club they're they're very good they're brilliant um your man freddie the lead singer he's 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 great crack um but but yeah uh there i i don't really think there's any reggae bands that i am aware of but there are lots of funk and kind of groove bands you know what's the first cd you remember buying or is cd even out of date now like <laughs> the first piece of music you remember buying for yourself oh god um it actually was one of lincoln park's new albums i was 11 okay. um how old were you when I, I, uh what's it called came out what's their big one something theory hybrid theory, hybrid theory yeah oh god um what age was i I can't remember. When did it come out? It came out oh two thousand. I was I was one. Oh fucking I was one hell. years old. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said the day we're recording this actually is uh nine eleven. Uh I guess you were two when that happened, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh I was I was thirteen or something, uh, or twelve. I don't remember. But yeah. Still not quite old enough to grasp the magnitude of it, but yeah. Hmm. anyways off that horrible topic <laughs> um <laughs> what's next uh oh yeah so uh the first cd i remember buying actually was uh bloodhound gang do you remember them no idea no oh okay they're like a comedy band uh they did a song called bad touch it was quite big when i was a kid um so that's the first cd i remember buying but I'd, uh, tapes were more the thing when i was that age so i don't remember what my first tape was because yeah that would i would have been so much younger uh, tapes isn't that a, a type of fossil now isn't it tapes, tapes? probably <laughs> <laughs> i know uh i've i'd never even see a tape player anymore um but yeah, yeah. they were cool because yeah but they weren't very good actually but i had like shitloads of them as a kid uh, do you remember floppy disks 
or is that before your time? Floppy disks. It's for I a computer. Remember it was, the name. It was. I remember the name. Before like CDs, you put in the computer. It was like a, um, a flat thing. I don't even know. How it oh, works. do you mean like the little flat circular things that you can move around with? Oh, it was like it was like a flat square and it had a little circle inside, and you just kind of. It was really small, and you put it in the computer. It's almost like a. Oh no, Ross! Game Ross, you're talking about dinosaur age now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're on. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, did, uh, records are making a comeback now. Uh, did Did you have many records around your house when you were younger? Records? Yeah. Um, no, actually. Oh, okay. No, not really. My my father's only kind of started collecting records now. Oh, okay. So he kind of got he caught the second wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't one that has managed to stay fairly relevant, actually. Uh, yeah, my dad had loads of records around the house when I was growing up. Every dad does. It, it just kind of comes with the dad package, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What, were the, what was the music that you discovered through your parents that you might not have heard of otherwise? Cigarette Rose, definitely. Who's that? Um, Cigarette Rose, the, oh, uh, the is. Uh, Icelandic band. Oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned them. Um, yeah, because my father would put them on to my MP3. Uh, Roy Orbison, I'll as well. Them, yeah. Um, I'd like to say Jeff. I wouldn't know Jeff Buckley as early as I did, if uh, if it wasn't for my parents. Um, but another artist I do absolutely adore is Keaton Henson. I don't know who he that is. is. Oh, wow. You have to look up Keaton Henson. Keaton he Henson. has such a raw emotion in his voice and his videos are just so heartfelt. Um, he, he, he honestly would impact a lot of my um, kind of atmospheric music. You know, that's why I, I, I once I'd kind of listen to his songs, I'd be like, you know what? I shouldn't be scared by posting this sad song because Keaton has after releasing this song, where he's actually bleeding from his own shirt, you know? And like, I think those videos, they make you feel so much. Mm. They make you just kind of stop and kind of detach from all that crazy shit that's going on in your life, you know, with college or social media. And you're like, hold on, hold on. This this is actually kind of connecting with me. And I, I want to be able to do that, you know? I want to be in that same category. So do you, do you feel like people will be turned off by the sadness? Um. Because people have been in the past. Oh, okay. You know, like, I've kind of gotten, like, snarky comments, I suppose you could say, where people be like, oh, um, when are you going to write a happy song? Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're just going to make everyone cry. And all this kind of, you know, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, at least I can make people cry. What can you do? <laughs> you know? Like I, like, I would get more compliments at gigs when I was kind of growing up because... I would write a song for certain days, you know, and um, sometimes people would end up kind of getting emotional about it. And they come up to me afterwards and be like, I really connected with that song. I really appreciate you singing that. And I hope you kind of take take a video of that and put it out because I really like it. And I would love that. But then you get other people that just kind of were snarky about it. Like they'd be my mates, you know, or my <laughs> family. And that's actually where Tin Man, Mr. Tin Man came from. Oh, okay. It was actually a... It was actually a fuck you uh, happy song. Um, it was written like in a, in a manic episode. I was quite uh. excited and hyper and out of it. And um, I wrote the song uh, as like, a, I'll show you a fucking happy song. And that's why I'm like praising the villains in the song. And I'm looking up to the Wicked Witch and I'm telling Peter Pan to actually fuck off. You know, it's that, that that's why I'm doing that in the song. So... <laughs> You know, yeah. yes, I write sad songs, but I've gotten better at writing happy songs because to me, they're not happy songs. I'm just telling everyone to fuck off. <laughs> to a happy beat. It's like an anti-happy song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Disguised as and a no happy one song. Know, and no one knows the difference. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. I've never even thought of that. That aspect <laughs> of criticism get, you'd get when you're writing happy songs because one of the most famous probably the most famous band from where near or i grew up was radiohead are they big where you live oh yeah 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 they're, they're pretty melancholy <laughs> to be fair uh and then the other the other big band is uh oh supergrass no no oh they're a bit more happy uh, yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> interesting because 
obviously from different countries even though they're like quite close to each other some music is obviously not gonna make it across the ocean each way what uh what's the biggest bands like in ireland the biggest bands in yeah, ireland like most popular popular um everyone would know snow patrol oh i didn't realize okay yeah everyone would love snow patrol um honestly like if i would be talking about the biggest bands in ireland it, it you kind of have to go back to a couple of years ago because nowadays it's 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 kind of more solo artists and they're all kind of american artists like you know everyone would know of cardi b <laughs> everybody would know of um uh versatile that's a they're an irish kind of group of lads okay and they kind of you know they write songs that appeal to the youth they're very good but they're they're good at like um writing those type of songs that people kind of you know relate to in an odd way um what what would be another yes snow patrol everyone know on red hot chili peppers everybody knows arctic monkeys um everybody knows um and of course like metallica because uh, <laughs> I went up to the the gig in in Slane, not too long ago. You didn't see Metallica. The crowd was huge, yeah. absolutely huge. Like everybody knows and loves Metallica. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I went to see them uh, when I was pretty young as well. Uh, that was like early teenager. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but um, yeah, I I just before the gig, I bent down to do my shoe up because. Uh, you know, mosh pit, you don't want to lose your shoe, especially this is mm. like middle of London and I'd have to get home afterwards. Um, and yeah, when I was bending over, some giant like a guy with a mohawk who's carrying like loads of beers like fell over me. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, oh my God, my heart stopped. I thought I was going to kick in and he kind of just got up and was like, because he looked mean, but uh, obviously he wasn't. He just got up and went, oh, well, and then went back to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> You think like metalheads would actually kill you, but yeah, then yeah. you realize then that they're just big, cuddly kind of teddy bears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to get a range of people there, aren't you? Uh, I remember being uh, extremely small compared to everyone else, so it was quite hard to see. But yeah, it was a really good gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you what... need a pair of Doc Martens. Yeah. <laughs> or just like platform shoes, you know, like they were disco. Mm. <laughs> maybe that's the answer to my shortness uh what's the best live performance you've ever seen oh uh, i'd have to be metallica i'm oh, okay. sorry just has to be um i hadn't actually i haven't been to that many gigs um i did go see green day Not twice me. um but Honestly, it was not the best performance. I was quite disappointed. They kind of um, repeated the same songs like two or three times, and really, <laughs> I still love I still love the band, but like they kind of kept repeating them, and I was like, "Mate, we've already heard this one. Come on." That's hilarious. So they they just forget and they've written the set list wrong or something. <laughs> no, it was just like they were like, "Do you want to hear it again?" And I was like, "Oh no." feel like i'm at a kitty show man like do i want to hear it again 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 do you remember do it with teletubbies big like the tv show when you were younger <laughs> yeah <laughs> they used to say it again again <laughs> <laughs> it honestly felt like that to be honest oh that's so funny uh yeah i think the best one i ever saw was uh surprisingly i don't know if uh, you've heard of them but uh deantwood they're like South i know African. Them, yeah 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 i was surprised actually because i went to see them and i was thought like I thought I quite I quite like the song so far. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Uh, but how good is like a sort of a band that isn't like a live band gonna be? And just their their performance was unreal. I've never seen such energy before. And they had mm. like backing dancers, and yeah, they were just all over the place. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what other bands did you used to be in before you started your solo projects? I've always been solo. Okay. But I... I did go into a band for a little while there, about a year. Um, well, actually, no, I, I'm wrong. Yes, I, I have been solo all my life, but I did actually I be like kind of starting bands as well. In uh, in club music in Tremor, I was in 
a girl band actually oh. um and it was called lost and found and i'm not there's nothing you can find about us right we were absolutely shit and uh <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing um i just remember they asked me um one year to go on the St. Patrick's float that would go go down around Tremor. And Tremor is basically one massive steep hill. Mm. So I had to sit on the back of this trailer truck and play the bloody guitar and sing to the mic. And I remember I was doing a cover, Pumped Up Kicks. And I was only about 15 and I was going down down the way on this steep hill, falling off the bloody um, trailer, trying to sing Pumped Up Kicks. It was a mess, absolute disaster. <laughs> Everyone just looked so depressed on that trailer, just playing their guitar. Like, it was just, it was terrible. <laughs> never, never would do it again. I felt such embarrassment. But um, <laughs> then from there, yeah, there was a few bands with like a couple of lads I knew. And, um, but it would never really work out because uh, I always like, I always had this one dream. Mm. My dream is I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it in the music industry. I'm going to, you know, because this is what I want to do. This is, it's not because of anything else other than the fact that music brings me so much joy that this is just what I, what I want to do in my life. And um, with everyone else, they were like, oh, I want to be a doctor or, or I want to be um, a school teacher or, or whatever. And that is perfectly fine. But when you have someone that's coming into a room and my job is to be a musician and their job is to be something else, they like your priorities are completely different. Like I don't say no to any gig, to any opportunity. I'm always there. I'm always going to do it because I have to do everything, you know, where they'd be different. They wouldn't show up to practice or they're too busy or there's something else. So it will fail that way. Um, so then I went solo for years and, um, I was doing great with my solo career. It was all it was all good. And then I got asked into uh, a band called Seven Levels. The lads are much uh, older than me. They're kind of, you know, 30s. And um, they're fantastic musicians, great lads. Uh, we had only had one gig together because then COVID happened. Oh, nice. And um, <laughs> we couldn't gig from there on. But the band was great. Everyone got along uh, well. I was the I was the only girl in the band, um, and I was playing the synth, the keys, and I was doing some vocals. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, I, I, but then it just didn't work out, you know, because my solo career has kind of, you know, stepped a little bit ahead um, now. That's the point that I can actually go solo, and I I can actually. Um, continue now confidently with what I'm doing and uh, we kind of had a few differences in our uh, music stance and you know music wise and all that so we just decided you know to leave it off and we're still great mates and um but for now we just decided that I should continue on my solo work and just see how I get on with my own oh that's good uh yeah I checked out one of the, the videos online it's the one where you're all in the woods mm-hmm and I was surprised the singer was wearing a shirt. It's like, who wears a shirt to the words, really? <laughs> but I really I know, like right? the song. <laughs> it was a really good song. Yeah. Terrible taste, I have to say. <laughs> Terrible decor. That's, that's, not... <laughs> that's more like a walk of shame if you just end up in the woods and you're like, what? <laughs> With last night's clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Are they still together? Um, are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they're all still together. Um yeah they're they're working along fine and um, it's just i i don't know if it was kind of like the the age gap or if it was like the experience level or you know whatever else but we're, we're all still great mates it's just me and that band it just didn't really work we kind of clashed ever so slightly but wow. like we still get on great and we still support each other as musicians it's just you know, sometimes you have to go separate ways to kind of focus on something else in your life and to improve for the better. And it's the same for them. I think, you know, they have great musicians in the bands. They have uh, two great guitarists, uh, an amazing bass player, uh, drums, and then you have the songwriting and singing skills of Jure. Hmm. And so they're pretty bloody set. And I just think that the space for like a synth or for the keys was quite lacking because they have so much other potential with their rhythm and their bass lines and their solos that keys just would kind of get a little bit drowned out and there's kind of no real need for it if you get me oh okay oh there's 
yeah it's good that you've uh you're pushing along with your own thing though uh what your youtube channel is called kiba tykes is that you say yeah uh, what does that mean yeah. <laughs> um i only got asked this question now about two days ago oh, really? <laughs> uh kiba tykes is actually a name i came up with because i when i was younger about 14 i was get i got i got bullied quite badly online and um really? in order to actually get away from that I would um I, I made like a, a different account, you know, on Facebook because I didn't really have many friends here at the time because I, I live out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So I didn't really have an estate where I would meet people and, you know, get to know people. I knew nobody. I was just kinda like a you know, hidden in the hidden in the woods type of thing. Yeah. And um so when I was getting bullied online, I kind of made friends um with people online as in like Americans or people from England and stuff. So in order to, talk, to be able to talk to those people that I liked, I had to get away from the people that were bullying me from here, like from my school online. Uh, so I, I made the the name Keepa Tykes and um, that was kind of like my scapegoat. I, I would just leave um, wherever, what, uh, whatever other Facebook I had and use that name so I could actually talk to my other friends. And so then from there, I kind of just used the name Kiba Tykes for little things, but um, never really told anyone the reason as to why it is that, you know? Yeah, oh, that's really upsetting. Uh, has the bullying gone away now? Oh, yeah. You know, things have actually changed completely. In fact, it's quite funny being a musician um, because... I've changed so much since I was 14 mm. and um, it is a great feeling when you actually release a video um, and you know certain people that weren't so nice to you when you were younger um, or even really didn't care about you when you when you needed it uh, suddenly then start texting you or commenting like wow my god this is so good well done oh my god Kayla and you're just like ah this is what <laughs> This is what it feels like to uh, succeed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's it's a good feeling, but like it's 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 nice to kind of see that progression that you'd have in your life from from a time where you know you were basically a nobody, and now you're slowly progressing to the point that you're getting other people's attention, you know. And you're like, this is this is good. I'm I'm kind of proud of myself for this. Ah, uh, that's really good. Yeah, it's weird when you you meet someone later on in life who wasn't very nice to you at school, and then uh, and then. You, you've both changed and uh, you actually get on with them. Mm. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. What other bands uh, who are up and comers do you want to give a shout out to? Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely Seven Levels. Mm. Um, check them out, guys. They're 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 very good. Um, hmm. There's there's this artist, uh, Connor Doyle Music. He's he's very good. He's a solo artist from from Waterford, but his songs have quite a lot of good meaning in them. Quite an indie feel, but he's worth checking out. And uh, Backwards Smokers Club, amazing. Oh, Killian Brown, a fabulous uh, keyboard player. He's he, he's he does jazz uh, piano, and he he is fantastic. You have to check him out. Um, but uh, what's a, do I know anyone else now? Roisin Temple. She is a vocalist and a piano player. She writes all her own criteria. Um, she is also very good. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, I just want to say to people that are perhaps starting out on mus with music, if you come across an opportunity to do anything, musically to play a gig to go on the radio to sing a song for someone or write a song just do it just don't don't say no don't miss out on any opportunity do absolutely everything you can and if you do that you will get somewhere and that's my advice to every and any musician out there that's a lovely way to end well thank you so much for joining me i uh, very much appreciate your time Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, your music's eerily beautiful. I, I definitely recommend uh, anyone check it out. And uh, yeah, best of luck in the future. Thank you. Bye. D-R-E-V-E-N-A.
Hey, thanks for listening and thank you to Kayla for joining me. Go check out her music on the Kiva Tykes YouTube channel and follow her on facebook.com forward slash Kayla Murphy Music. Now here's the song in which I mistook a guitar for a piano. This is Kayla Murphy with Evan's Broken Eyes. So